opportune time for you to share. Do you remember what my assignment was last week? Last two weeks, actually, and uh, some of you did a great job with the assignment last week. We uh, focused last week on the word for the year, saying that uh, New Year's resolutions are great, but they're usually about trying to stop doing something, and we never succeed. So it's sort of a negative kind of thing. You're looking at yourself. Versus a word for the year is trying to envision a word that describes the kind of person that you feel God's calling you to be for the year. And that if you focus on that one word, it's about progress and transformation through the whole year. And you don't really fail at it. It's just a goal, right? So change is possible, but focus is required. Focus on one word. So step one, determine the kind of person you want to become. Step two, identify the characteristics of that kind of person, but then pick a word. All right, and then we threw up a few words, and these were some inspirational words last week. You could use these words. You can use other words. GJ used the word loser last week was his word for the year. A quick loser. Let let go of things quickly, right? So yeah, and so uh, I thought I'd give you opportunity again today. Did come? Did you come up with a word maybe this week? Anybody want to stand and share their word for the year and why that's a word for the year for you? Got to say your name first. My name is Todd. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought about it after uh, last week's um, exercise with picking a word. The word that came to me this week was um, opportunity. Opportunity, especially as you get a little bit older, you um, look for opportunities to spend more time with your kids and more time. Very good. Opportunity. Is that on that list? No. Mike. Well, I've been thinking about this all week, of course. <laughs> and the word I came up with, I think I shared you last week, is to break out. Break out. Uh, just say break out. How's that? <laughs> Amen. Good, good. Break out. We're coming up with words in our own list. Okay. A couple more. Thought I'd give you an opportunity to tag it. My Sarah. Word, um, is worthy. And God has kind of been speaking to me over since he kind of reminded us that. And um, I never put myself first. And I grew up in a home where my mom was a really selfish person. And as a result, I, like, tried to be the opposite of that. But I think that it comes at the expense of my relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Because I worry about how everybody else is doing but don't necessarily see myself as worthy of carving that piece of my heart mm-hmm. for me. And so that's my goal for this year is to see myself as worthy of mm-hmm. spending that time with someone and making that a priority. That's good, Sarah. They have a lot of kids in their home if you don't know. <laughs> 
Marie. Oh, Alyssa Bowman, good to have you in service today. You know, my word for the year was joy, so the Bowman household looks pretty good. Joy and triumphant. I'm ready, man. Let's get at it. Let's get at the new year. <laughs> well, this morning I'd like to invite up to uh, have you share, have share with us a couple that is from south of here, a ways. And uh, would you welcome Jordan and Joy Allen. So here's your mic. You're good to go. Okay. I think we're all on. I even have a pretty picture of you guys. There you go. Now, I don't know who the other people are in there, but I know you guys. That's actually, so we've got a staff team in Peru, and that's our, uh, there's four of them, three, uh, three Peruvians and uh, a girl from Belize, Central America. And so the four in that part of the picture, or I guess that part of the picture, are, uh, yeah, are our staff team in Peru. So uh, Jordan and Joy Allen, um, they have longtime connections with the church. In fact, uh, Jordan's folks helped start the church. Dan and Kathy yeah. Allen, they're here today. Yeah. It's great to have you guys. And um, uh, Jordan, I understand that you um, you weren't a senior in high school. You'd sort of just graduated and I you sort think, of kicked yeah. off from there before you started going on this being a missionary kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah, I think uh, I was about 18 and I, uh, instead of going to, to college, I decided to go to uh, Youth with a Mission, the organization we work with, and uh, do the discipleship training school, which is a six-month course that we run. We run it in Peru now with these guys, and um, and I never left. I, I stayed in Australia for seven years, met her, and two of our three kids were born there, and we really felt getting married. God was saying, I want you guys in South America, and so there's a process of getting us there, and now we've been in Peru for six years. You had to go all the way to Australia to find a Midwestern girl. Apparently, I yeah. Like so she's not Australian. She's actually, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, just share a little bit. Guys, give an update. They're back in town for a few weeks. I know they're hitting back in the States this summer, that kind of deal. But they have been warriors doing the mission. Our mission here, the awakening is what? Being fully alive in Christ and to his mission. And that mission is local. In our valley, regional, Southern California, and global, which is literally around the world. And so you guys help take some of that 
global mission aspect and for us just to continue to endear ourselves to you and give us updates, how we can pray for you, some of the challenges, some of the joys. I don't know what you have, but uh, yeah. it's yours to run with. Yeah. And so he's going to share here in a little bit. And then I'm going to have, when you guys are done, because I want to step down. You don't need me up here yakking with you. Um, I'm going to have uh, Alec come back up. And I'm going to ask Jordan to lead us in uh, some words of reflection as we prepare to go around uh, the Lord's table for communion. I don't think there's any better way for us to, to launch the new year than centered on Jesus Christ and his work, his love, his grace that we talked about. And the communion table is open to everyone. The communion tables are in the back. So when he's done sharing, uh, they're done sharing, he's going to lead us in God's word briefly for communion time. And then you're free to go and partake of the elements, the bread, and dip it in the juice, and, and we'll go from there. Right? This guy's a minister. He's a good minister of God. They both are. And so share with us a little bit and then lead us towards reflection as we focus on Christ. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, yeah, we've been in Peru, as I said, for six years. We have been working to establish, and we have established, a ministry center in our city. Uh, we're in Cusco in the Andes Mountains, so we're at about 11,000 feet. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the sky, and we, uh, well, this is our our staff team. We have uh, we have uh, Edgar, Yasmina, Tanya, and Anita, all the ones on the left side, and then our kids, as you can see. And um, we did a little staff retreat in the mountains. Uh, yeah, so we've been establishing this ministry center and and raising up leaders. One of our our um, priorities, our main goals, has been really to raise up leaders and to raise up indigenous leaders as well. Uh, we have. Cusco being the, the seat of the old Incan Empire, which was sort of, we won't go into history lesson, but uh, crushed by the Spanish. And so the, the Quechua, which are the indigenous people in our, in our city, our city being actually the former capital of the Incan Empire. So we've got a ton of people that actually used to be, you know, their great, 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 great grandparents were probably Incan. And so that's most of our staff team, actually. Uh, they speak Quechua. They speak, don't speak Spanish. Um, some are bilingual. Usually, younger people are bilingual, but it's actually, but our staff are bilingual. Yeah, they speak Spanish and Quechua, and then we're bilingual, speaking Spanish and English. So, so we communicate in Spanish. But, um, but raising up leaders and uh, discipleship has been a massive part of what we do. Just uh, discipling and raising up people to, to love God, impact their city, and beyond their city. Actually, seeing some of these guys go out into the nations, not just in Peru, but actually to neighboring nations, to other countries, which has been an amazing, amazing blessing to see some of these guys that come from what would be considered the middle of nowhere, you know, uh, a small farm out in a village out in the middle of, of nowhere in Peru, and uh, to see them with a hunger to know God, to grow, to see them changed and transformed, and, and then to serve God in our city, but also beyond our city and to other places has been incredible. So... Um, yeah, we've been running discipleship training schools, the school I talked about before. We've run three so far in Peru. We've had students both international and local. A lot of Quechua have come to join our schools, which has been great. And we've been working more and more in these communities to uh, to serve. We're basically the communities, the Quechua communities in Cusco are the the most need, the areas where you see the most need and the most uh, – People who don't have the opportunities that you find even in the city. Our city is a relatively modern city, but out in the communities you're seeing people who have very little and, and live off of what they farm. Um, but there's just so much opportunity for us to, to be out there and to help and serve them. So, um, 
So yeah, we've been there six years, and our kids are going to school locally and uh, speaking Spanish and, and learning Quechua as well, because it's a mandate in the country that the kids learn Quechua, <laughs> so that's been um, an exciting adventure and journey, and we've built our staff team up to six now, uh, and we're receiving international teams from other countries. Right now, we have a team from the UK that's working with our team, doing evangelism and working in, in a city center to impact people. And next month, we have a team from Australia, and in three months, we'll have a team from Switzerland. And so all these teams are coming down. Uh, as part of this discipleship school that we run, uh, this school is run all over the world. And so the Swiss team is coming from the school in Switzerland to serve in Peru. And the Australian team is coming from Australia, the school in Australia, to serve. And so uh, so we have an international mix, which has been great. And, um, yeah, so we, we are uh, – one of the big, big passions we've had in our hearts in communities and in Cusco is, is Bible distribution and just the desire. It's been in our mission and in our hearts to see a Bible in every home. Uh, the Bible in Quechua only exists in one translation. In English, we have, I don't know how many, uh, countless. In Quechua, there's one uh, for Quechua in our city. And those Bibles are only printed in one place in South Korea. And I don't know why that, that is, but they are. And so we, you can only buy one version of one Bible for, for this people. And most people don't have Bibles, and you have people who can't read. So we look into getting audio Bibles and other options. But the amazing thing we've been able to see in the last few years is taking on an entire community. Some of these villages might have 200, 300 people. And so we say, okay, how, what if we could get a Bible for every home? What if we could get 100 Bibles and blanket this community and know that every home in this community that wants one could have a Bible in their language? So we've been doing this for a while, partnering with local churches and partnering with these teams that come through. And it's been incredible to see that we can blanket in in a day or two, walking door to door and just uh, saying, hey, how are you guys doing? We've, we've got this Bible. It's People think we're trying to sell something, but explaining, you know, no, we just think everybody should have access to a Bible in their language. And so we've we've done it. We've been able to cover multiple communities and we keep working on it. Our, our hope eventually would be to cover our city. But our city is about half a million, and we're, we're not at the place where we can do that just yet. So a great starting point has been in individual communities and villages to be able to cover the community with Bibles and see people have access to the Word of God in their own language. Uh, and so sometimes that's audio Bibles as well for the elderly and for people who don't have, who can't read, who've never learned to read. Uh, education is kind of hard to access in those communities, and so a lot of people don't have education, especially the elderly. So... Um, so yeah, that's been a big passion on our hearts is Bible distribution, discipleship with the school that we run and seeing people discipled and transformed. The school is not so much focused on, uh, head knowledge and that people understand, uh, the Bible, but that they actually apply it beyond just reading it and understanding it, but applying what they, what they're learning and their lives being transformed, their character being transformed through the word of God and through, through teaching. And then from that, going out into other places to share what they've learned and be able to serve other people. And so that school has been a massive part of our work as well. And, um, yeah, we we don't see ourselves coming back anytime soon. We love to visit the States because we're from here. But, uh, but we yeah, we feel like God's given us this task for now. And, and so we don't see ourselves leaving uh, anytime soon, but we're committed to the work and to our team that we have. Um, one of the things I wanted to share with you guys to just encourage you, both with our work, but also I think this applies to everybody this morning, is the fact that when we first started going into these Quechua communities, these villages, uh, we were so amazed and so blessed that we could go in 
and have an impact, like I said, a Bible to every home, something like that, that's tangible. You can see it. You can you can see the impact you're having or we'll bring uh, food bags. There's a lot of food that you can't get access to in the communities. They grow potatoes. They grow um, mostly potatoes, actually. But... Uh, but they so they have that to eat. But when it comes to flour, oil, other things, you just it's it's hard to get and it's expensive because you're in these remote areas. And so we'll bring food bags out to each home as well, and that's been a big blessing. But so we do these tangible things, and one of the things we saw very quickly, and I think this happens to all of us, is as much as there's that joy of seeing a, a change, seeing an impact that that we're doing or that God is doing through us, it very quickly becomes apparent that we we can't help everybody. And it's great to help 200 people, but what about the other 500,000? What about the other million Quechua speakers that that don't we're not reaching or that we can't reach? And the reality is we are only capable of so much, all of us. We can only do so much. And so we really had to begin to ask ourselves, and I think that this is what we all have to do, is to to ask ask God, actually, where can I be of most benefit and use? How can I serve the, the best? Uh, who should I be helping? Who should I be serving? And so in our in our work in Cusco, we, we have one community that we focus most of our efforts on. We had a Christmas program that we actually just left, so our staff team uh, carried the Christmas program, but it's big to do uh, chocolatada, which is where you have hot chocolate and these little, kind of like kind of like a fruitcake, a little fruitcake loaf. And so we bought that for the entire community and brought some Bibles and uh, put on a nativity movie and, and then talked about the message of Jesus. And so... Our team was able to do that in that community. And we, we help in a few other communities, but we focus most of our efforts in this one community of Rakchi because we recognize that we are not superhuman. We can't do it all as much as we would want to and, and only have so much resource to do what we want to do. And so we've had to ask God, but I think that that's a question we all need to ask God is, is what can I do and where can I serve? What can I, um, yeah, where is my place and wh- what can I do with what I have, with what you've given me? And so uh, in doing that, as I said, we found that this one community has been our, our main focus. And it's just been great to see. We run a children's program every Friday and a Bible study after that for the adults. And just to see kids who have alcoholic parents and uh, abusive parents come in and, and just be loved on and have some time to play, have a Bible story where we can talk about Jesus and, and th- how important he is. But, yeah, that we that we take time with these guys, that we love on them and seeing their lives change and them understand that Jesus is important. I need Jesus. And so um, it's just been so good to to see an actual impact over time, to see fruit from the work and, and know that we're having having an impact and we're we're applying ourselves where we feel like God has really given us a place to to work. So. Yeah. Um. I just want to touch a little bit off of what Jordan was sharing um, because we really feel like, especially in the last, for me personally, in the last two years, um, we've really been asking God, where are places? Where do you want us? What does this next season look like? So I love the songs sung this morning because I felt like it bled right into that theme and you guys having a word for the year because one of the things that we we ask God for every year at the beginning of the year is, is a word from the word of God to be able to anchor us for the year. And um, and so I, I got this year, I got a passage from Isaiah 43, wh- and the Lord was talking to me about making streams in the desert and making all things new. And um, similar to what Melissa shared, I've, I've got the last two years specifically for me, 
have been full of challenges. It, you know, at times I, it's like the waves just keep coming and it's like, Lord, I need to get my head above waters to breathe if I'm going to make it out here. And, um, and, and ironically, sometimes I feel like that affects our relationship with God, that it makes us want to push away from him. And yet I think the Lord's intention when we walk through trials is that we push into him and that he becomes our anchor in the storm. And I, I think my natural tendency, you know, with my kids, I want to pull you out of the storm. I want to kiss your boo-boo. I want to make it all better. And that's what a good mom does. And at the same time, like our good father wants to, you know, help us to build our muscles and, and to get strong and to endure. And so in this season when we've been going through so many, I mean, it just, in some ways it has felt like after years and years and years of just plowing hard, hard ground. And then specifically, I think in the last year, year and a half, there's been amazing ministry fruit. And then there's been a lot of battles that come on the personal front. And um, so going, you know, going back to God again, are you sure we're supposed to be here? Are, we, are you sure we're called? What about this? What about this? And, you know, my worry wants to freak out and, um, yeah, and so it's so um, important and essential to have those words from God that just bring us back to him and anchor him. And um, even in this season, thinking about missions and what our next season looks like, the Lord's really been impressing on my heart. The only difference for all missionaries, and that includes all of us, is address. You know, some of us are called to Jerusalem, some are to J- J- Judea, some are to Samaria, and some are to the ends of the earth. And... Um, and so it's really just choosing to plug into the Lord and be, f- be, f- be fruitful where he has called you and the address that he's given you. And so my address is Peru. Your address is in Southern California. But that doesn't mean we're not supposed to bear fruit where we are. So, yeah, I just want to end with that encouragement. Yeah, and I think um, we're going to move into uh, talking about just the encouragement for communion. But, um, yeah, what one of the things that has been so has been touching me so much lately is just the realization of my need for Jesus and i i think that it's we sing about it and we we can say it and it sounds cliche but realizing no i need Jesus i need him and uh, we've been talking about as well the fact that uh, amongst joy and i about the fact that it's so interesting because our kids are growing and we're seeing we we were able to see our entire family over Christmas, which we haven't done in 10 years, so it was just incredible. And uh, seeing some that are, some have tiny babies, our kids are growing, and and just reflecting on the fact that when you have a baby, uh, and I think this is God's plan and purpose, uh, everything does res- revolve around that baby, and, and it's every need, because you don't set a baby down and walk away, uh, uh, he'll fend for himself, he'll be okay. No, that baby needs to be taken care of, that baby needs to be uh, cared for, and in a, a very real sense, that baby everything does revolve around it. And I think that that's actually God's plan in that when you look at us as believers, we start and, and all we know is Jesus is our everything and, and he loves us. And that's so important. We, we sang it this morning that he loves us and we need to understand that. We need to understand that it's not just a song, but he loves us. He gave everything for us. He loves us. He loves us. I, I feel like I can't say it enough. I, he loves us and, and we need him. And that's the other half of it is as a child grows, they begin, and this is what's happening with our kids right now, is our kids are beginning to understand the world doesn't revolve around you, or at least it, maybe it did when you were small, but you're getting older, and you are now part of a family, and you have responsibilities as part of that family, and you are to contribute as part of this family, to have chores, and they're like, why do I have to help? And it's like, well, you're not two anymore. You actually are capable of helping. And so as they're growing, they're recognizing and seeing 
that they are part of something bigger. And, and as part of that as well, they are realizing, I need mom and dad. I need mom and dad because I don't have a job. <laughs> I need mom and dad because I can't drive. Uh, but also, I need mom and dad because sometimes I don't understand and I need help. I need mom and dad because I need them. God's put them there for me. And that's, that's how it should be with Jesus. That's how he wants it to be. But as we grow, we realize, I need Jesus. I need him for my financial provision when I don't know where how my bills are going to get paid. And I say this just as much for us as for you guys. I need Jesus when family situations are a mess and I don't know what I'm going to do. I need Jesus. I need Jesus when I'm struggling at work. I don't want to do my work or I, I can't stand my job or I just don't have any energy to do what I'm supposed to do. I need Jesus. And it's just that simple. I, I need Jesus. We need Jesus. You need Jesus. We need him. We need him here and now. I've been telling our staff team over the last several months in, in Cusco, guys, you may not feel it right now. You may not recognize it right now, but you need Jesus. I need Jesus. We collectively need Jesus. And sometimes we, we're struggling and we're so engulfed in our problems that it's easier to, to see our problems and not have our eyes on God. We're so focused on how am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do? And the other side of the spectrum where we're doing well and we're so content with how things are that we feel like we've accomplished it, we've earned it, which, you know, we've always got our part in it. But God is the one. He's the giver of life. He's the one who's given, given us everything we have. And so we need Jesus. And sometimes we actually have to say that, Jesus, you know what? I, I forget that I need you. I don't always remember it, but help me remember. But I need you. I'm going to say it right now. I need you. So that's my encouragement for all of us this morning, that we can remember. And like I said, if you need to be like me and just ask him, Jesus, I forget, but help me. I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you in my work. I need you in my finances. I need you in my family situations. I need you. So that's my encouragement for you guys this morning and for myself is that we need Jesus, that we remember it this year more than more than a New Year's resolution that, that might not last, that we can at least remember this one thing, that we need Jesus, that we need him, that we need him, that we need him. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Jesus, I just want to thank you that you are gracious, that you are good, that you do love us. But I want to thank you that your love is, is supposed to be empowering, that just as we grow as human beings, we get to a place where we realize, yes, you love us, but it should empower us to, to realize our need for you and to do more, to contribute, to be a part of it. Jesus, I just pray that whether, whether some of us remember or some of us forget or some of us are content where we're at that we would just recognize that we need you and maybe see the areas where we need you that we blind spots we haven't seen i just want to thank you jesus that that you have that grace for us we need you help us to remember and realize how much we need you jesus amen
Jordan and Joy. Uh, I want to pray for you guys when we close this morning. Um, last week we shared the word for the year. That word needs to come from Scripture. And your assignment now is to take your word and to go to Scripture and find all the passages that can support that which God's calling you to for this year. That your life is embedded in the word of God as well as that word. And that was mentioned. Also at the beginning of the year, I think it's important for us to focus on prayer. And so um, I want to share just a few words today, not many. And then uh, next week, focus on prayer. So two-part, actually, this is maybe a little bit more of an intro kind of thing because I knew that uh, it would be sort of some quaint moments and some family time together just kicking the year off. Jesus Christ, who we need, we need Jesus, right, was totally, totally dependent on his relationship with God the Father. As the Son, he was not only in dynamic communication with God the Father. He was in a interdependent relationship with Him. And prayer was seen by His disciples as that divine link and connection. In fact, Jesus was praying often and they became inquisitive about Him praying. And they wondered why in the world he would uh, spend so much time not just praying, but laboring in prayer. And I don't know that we labor in prayer easily. I do not. Prayer is not something I'm like, woo, woo, I got to go pray right now. But prayer is something that I do engage in throughout the day because I know my dependency on Christ has to be there. They observed this. They watched this. He labored in prayer before he went to the cross to the point that he sweat drops of blood. All right? So they watched this. And then the one time they had an opportunity maybe to ask him to teach them something, they asked him to teach them how to pray. Because prayer was more encompassing than, oh, now we just lay my head down to rest. You know, it's my soul to keep, right? Prayer was his vital engagement and lifeline with the transcendent God of the universe. So also for us. And so he taught them. He taught them how to pray. I just want to mention three things out of this passage in Matthew 6. This then, Jesus said, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many of you have known those words for a long time? Long time, right? Well, guess what your prayer for the year is? The same prayer it's always been. The prayer Jesus taught us. Because in the midst of that, He was showing us that vital engagement and dependency. We need Jesus. Because Jesus is now our intercessor to God the Father through his spirit. Just a few things to mention and then we will close early. Because some of us have to go get kids up top of a mountain. 
Jesus starts off and he says, our father in heaven. Do you realize that you can search through all the Old Testament and even up and through the early centuries and you will not find, after Christ, you will not find a Jewish scholar referring to God, Yahweh, Yeshua, as our father. Maybe the father, but not our father. That was radical that he would so identify with Yahweh as his own. In fact, they knew when he proclaimed that, that he was claiming his divinity, being one with God the Father. But there's that intimacy aspect in our prayer. And so when we labor in prayer, we're laboring and building an intimate relationship with God. And some of us, we need to just stop right there. Do we want that kind of intimacy with the God of the universe. And so he says, our Father, which art in heaven. So he's centering himself where he needs to be centered every day of his life as he walked on this earth and every day that we walk on this earth. That we have a Father and there's this relationship through Christ and the Spirit that we carry. Then he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy. Holy be your name. It's not like describing, oh, God, you're so holy. Thank you. It's actually a prayer, a petition, that on this earth, his name would be hallowed, holy. We continue to see a lot of tragic news, right? Seems like every week. You just can't get away from it. I was in the Fort Lauderdale baggage claim area a few times. I know where that shooting took place. How about you? Maybe you were too. Why... Why is there this evil? Because there's a battle going on, and the battle going on is over the hearts and souls and the minds of people. And so when we pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be holy in my world, in my earth. Is his name holy in your household? Or is it taken in vain? Taken casually. Is his name holy in your workplace? Is his name holy in your relationships with others? That doesn't mean that you try to become some religious straitjacket guy and say, hey, hey no, listen, you need to, you need to, 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 to buckle up and, and not be so crass and crude and unreverent. You need to be uh, holy. No, it's just that there's in the heart of Jesus in this prayer a desire for his Father to be known in the world as the one who is holy and mighty and true. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come? What's your kingdom? His reign. You can always just substitute that word. Wherever you see kingdom of God means reign of God. So reign of God in the hearts and lives of people. Reign of God on this earth. Reign of God when Jesus comes again the second time. Whenever you see kingdom, we're talking about the reign of God, not necessarily territory. One of the days God will have the territory reign established, right, when he sends his son the second time. But if I'm praying, your kingdom come, I'm saying, may your name be holy in my world my family, my relationships, my life. And may your kingdom, may your reign be established in the hearts and the lives of other people. We need Jesus, his reign, your kingdom come. And then your will be done. Oh God, may your will be done, not my will, but your will. There's Jesus praying in the Garden of Eden when he sweat the drops of blood, right? Is there any way that this cup can pass from me? I mean, we just remembered his broken body, his shed blood through all these years. We remember it. And here's Jesus 
in his moment of deepest prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross, asking that the cup would pass. But he said what? Not my will, but your will be done. So there's this disposition in the heart and the life of Jesus that's just incredible. Now those three go together. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Holiness, God's name. Holy in our world. Reverence. Kingdom, the desire for his reign to be established. And then for his will in all things to be done. Jordan and Joy, as you were sitting up here sharing, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because God, I went on a lot of missions trips. I was just mentioning them beforehand. I went to Bogota, South America, on one of my mission trips, and I couldn't believe how late they started services there. And um, just, just never got started. God called me to minister to the addresses in the United States, first in the Midwest, now in SoCal. But there was never a time in my life that I didn't have a passion for us to support and send and cherish those whom God places in some more difficult addresses. And whether it's your address or, you know, uh, we had the Martins here, the Chayas, reaching the Muslims in Spain, or, you know, whether it's the Claysons in um, Jordan, my heart's endeared to missionaries, not because they're some special elite group of people, but because their task is challenging and that they are people just like me and people just like you. Jordan, you're a church kid, right? Joy, church kid. And God picked you to forward his kingdom and his will into all the earth among the nations. God's calling and choosing some of you maybe to go to different addresses or maybe to to go to missions work or to be able to just walk into the hearts of some difficult homes in your community or relationships, God picks ordinary people like you and me to do that prayer, that his name would be holy, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven in every address. I was taking the the kids up. uh, Several of us have to caravan up here in a second to go get the kids to bring them back. And uh, the girl sitting in my front car, I hadn't really got a chance to know. She's sort of new to our church. And, and uh, first thing, boom, we're in the car. We're hardly down in Chester. And she says, uh, Carrie, I'm thinking that maybe I should go into engineering because that might be a good thing to go into if I want to be a missionary. What do you think? And I thought, whoa, well, we're into a conversation. But I thought, how cool that somebody just like us from our group, and she has a mindset that maybe God's going to use her to be a missionary, and she's trying to think through what occupation maybe she could study to go into that would be sort of a platform maybe to, to get onto some mission fields and work. And, and she was just sort of a novice in trying to think through this. God uses people just like us, just like us, for his name to be made holy, for his kingdom to come and his will be done. And we're at it again this year. You're right. Sometimes you have to tell your kids it's time to grow up and work, right? We've been moving, right? We finally got transitioned in a little bit, got the wash and dryer hooked up. I think we're all good to go now. (laughs) It's the last piece of appliance. And uh, my kids, they jumped in. They helped so well. But Levi, poor Levi, we tried to get him out of bed the other day. His first words were, I don't want to work again today. (laughs) 
I'm like, buddy, that's what a lot of people say, right? But guess what? We get to work with the God of the universe to see people's lives changed and transformed because our God is holy and his kingdom is coming about in the hearts and lives of people and his will is being accomplished. May all that we see, the battle that goes on, we are his servants, the word for the year, the prayer for the year. Let's engage and let's continue to walk out by faith the calling he has gifted us at whatever address. We need him, but other people need Jesus too. Do you guys come back up? I just want us to stand and pray over you. The band's going to come up. We're going to close with a song. I want us to pray over Jordan and Joy, and if you'd like to gather around them in this prayer, if you want to come up and lay hands on them, let's